Cougs house. The Houston Cougars look to keep the Bayou bucket this weekend as they take on Rice. There are three things they got to do if they want to keep that bucket in the third ward. You are locked on Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andreth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who came to stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can lay us on the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. And welcome back to the YouTube channel if that's where you found us. It is so good to see you again. Remember, we're trying to give away a jersey to one of you all with the Big 12 logo on it. When we get to 2,000 subscribers, if we can get that before TCU, that is not that far away. So make sure you go check, hit subscribe on whatever platform you're on and a couple, a couple others, YouTube as well. If you want to be in the contest, like and comment on videos to let us know you're in it. If after talking about the Bayou Bucket this weekend, you're just all footballed out, you're more of a basketball person, or you're really looking for the NFL, uh, tell us down below at the Bayou Bucket. So, when I think of a bayou and a bucket, I think of gumbo. So tell us, what do you put in your gumbo? Now, as we look at this, I want to talk about this game as far as three different things that the Houston Cougars have to do to make sure they win this game. We should, you know, the NFL pun a second ago, this game is going to be played on NFL Network. You know, the American Conference we remember from a year ago with SMU that they will play a game every year, a game review week or playing a handful of games it seems like on the nfl network so that's where the game is being televised if you are not going across town for this matchup now i got three things here one i think feels fairly obvious and involves donovan smith two i think feels like something we thought we're gonna be better at that i want to see progress at and i think can be important for opening up other things and three is something i thought houston actually did well a year ago in that abysmal game they played against rice but we got to jump on in to it. Um, let's talk first about the thing that feels the most obvious, and that is to win this football game, the Houston Cougars have to keep Donovan Smith standing up straight. Now, I think that feels obvious because most football teams are going into the weekend saying, if we can keep their defensive, off our, defensive end off our quarterback, we're going to be okay. And I think that that's probably a good tenant to have just in general about football. The less they hit your quarterback, the better you do. But we saw a couple of things. One, we do know Donovan Smith can boogie. He can run. I don't mean to say he can't. Um, if anything, that was the dual threat aspect of him was a cool thing to have in coming to Houston as a Big 12 veteran quarterback. However, after seeing him get game reps last week against UTSA, who had a very talented D-line in their own right, it was noticeable in-game, and statistics backed it up that he does a much better job delivering the football, nearly 70% completions, when he is in the pocket, as opposed to scrambling and on the run, that number dipped down into the low 60s, high 50s. And for what it's worth, he did throw it was 66, 64% completions of the game last week, and so with that said, obviously, the goal of this is going to be to keep him upright because that means he's going to have a better chance of completing the ball. And Houston's got all the athletes they want all over the field. If they can just get the ball to them, they'll be in great shape. They don't have anyone at Rice that can keep up with Matthew Golden. They didn't have anyone a year ago. They don't have anyone now, right? They don't have people on the football field that can keep up with Joe, uh, Joe Manjack. 
They just don't. Sam Brown's going over the top of these guys. Like they have the athletes at wide out if they can deliver the football. And we've seen, even though we think of Donovan Smith as dual threat guy because the way he ran the ball at Texas Tech, that in this system, at least the sample size we've got, he does a much better job when he has time to set his feet and be in the pocket like a more traditional quarterback. I say that more traditional as in like not running the ball, moving the pocket, those kinds of things, because I still think those are some of the things that he can do as he continues to grow and develop because he's you know still a college kid and all of that. Um, and I think that you'll see more of that incorporated over the course of the year as he's more comfortable in the offense. But for the time being, it's week two, and we make sure we keep him safe and his jersey clean. Now, I say that to say um, one of the – strengths of rice's team is definitely their defensive line um i watched part of the game live last week on tv uh it was rice versus texas um and they kept the game closer for the first half than i think people thought um now again i think there are holes in texas that the nation may not be seeing we'll talk about when we get to texas week um but it was interesting to see for sure the strength of that you know, keeping the game close effort was the defensive line for sure, right? Um, they got uh, Coleman Coco, who's a like a heavy set defensive anchor, strong side defensive end. Um, I think athletically speaking, Josh Piercy, number 12, is probably their best rusher. He's listed as like a rush outside linebacker, but I don't think I've seen a snap in the part of the game I watched live last week or the, uh, the abbreviated game, the highlight recap, like it's, you know, they take out special teams, they take out this and that. I don't think I've seen him at all in studying for this week's game in a three-point stance, hand in the dirt, or anything besides on the line of scrimmage. He hadn't put his hand in the dirt, but he hadn't backed up three or four yards off the ball either. Um, and so I think of him as defensive end, even if he's listed at whatever position he thinks he's listed at, that's fine. He's got great burst and takes good angles to the football. Um, got to find ways to scheme him to Patrick Paul's side because that's the best shot you've got at blocking him. Um, Braylon Carroll, if you're looking at somebody on their defensive line with a pro shot, uh, Braylon Carroll is a defensive tackle, so he will line up sometimes in what was called four eyes, inside eye of the offensive tackle, or a three outside eye of the guard, somewhere on that kind of going depending on strength, as ever, however they're determining strength given the Houston formations. Um also worth, and I think he's a pro because he's got great hands. He's six foot two ninety, so a little undersized, but he is a high motor kid and really fifty five is a number. If you're watching stuff from Rice last week, um, I think though that part of the reason they got to keep Donovan Smith upright um, is not just those three. And I guess they actually rushed four guys that have a defensive tackle named Isaiah Floyd. Um, they also will tech will often. Uh, against Texas, sent a fifth rusher against 11 personnel. We know that Houston did a lot of 11 personnel against UTSA uh, with O'Laughlin or Byrne as that tight end. Uh, they sometimes even motion Manjack across the backfield to snap the ball to where it kind of functioned almost like an H-back. Um, and so you'll see, I think, more often than not, if they stay in 11 stuff with one tight end and one running back, like 11, one and one. Um, if they stay in that kind of stuff, I think you'll start to see more of a true blitz look where they're sending a fifth guy. Now Houston has five linemen. They will probably keep a back end to help chip block on those kinds of things and important downs and important passing downs if they're not in the past concept. Um, so keep an eye out on that. I do think, though, if they can keep Donovan Smith upright, like I said before, they can get a lot of big-time things in the past game. I mean, Texas, for as bad as they looked in the first half, against Rice, uh, scored on a giant screenplay. I mean, it's just get the ball to athletes in space, and Rice doesn't have the perimeter athletes to keep up. 
Um, I think Houston's got great pro athletes. And so if they can get a screen to Matthew Golden like they did to open up the scoring of last year's game, right? Remember last year's game down inside the red zone, Patrick Paul just was jogging in front of Matthew Golden because there was no one for him to block on the way to the end zone, right? Like there was that, the screen pass worked that well. Um, they also, to be fair, and that had pumped the bubble to Stacey Sneed, which kind of functioned as a de facto play action play. Now, I want to talk more about play action and the things that they can get to open up play action in the second segment. But first, we got to make sure we tell you something about our buddies at Nutrafol. Now, Nutrafol, I do want to point out, is something that I think everybody may think about but don't doesn't want to admit. Um, now, you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides full-body health approach that promotes healthier hair with no drugs, no compromises, just better hair. I know we're a hat on air because the light above me is going to shine bright on my very large forehead. However, I'm telling you, I'm using it and seeing results myself. Men think losing their hair is inevitable, but taking control of your hair with neutral science-backed hair growth is very, very easy to do. Did you know that 80% of men will experience some hair thinning in their lifetime? It's totally normal. Totally normal. That's what I tell myself every day, but it's totally normal. Um, it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of your thinning hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's, Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your health. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their health qu wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health throughout the whole body. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth within, uh, from within by targeting root cause of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's Nutrafol.com slash men. Promo code locked on college. All right. So I mentioned that the play act, the pump fake to Stacey Sneed on the play that they end up running a screen pass to Matthew Golden last year functioned a lot like a play action because the way the linebackers flew out with Stacey Sneed on the pump fake to the flat route, right? As just a little basic shotgun running back flat route. I think Houston's got to run the ball well between the tackles against Rice for a couple of reasons. One is the success that they'll have doing it. Um, Texas a week ago had a lot of success trapping those aggressive pass rushers. As much as we talk about those pass rushers being so good in the first segment, the way to slow them down is to also ear hole them as they're coming after the quarterback what they think is a free pass rush um, and catching the backside puller. Um, the most effective actually I saw was a frontside puller, so like a tackle blocks down, and we called like the inverse of a fold block. We talked about this week where the guard would be typically fold around the center. The guard is now kicking out outside the tackle. It's just the inverse of what we talked about. That worked really, really well for Texas. Um, and I think what's interesting there is, you know, Texas is running, dealing with like 
very inexperienced running back play of their own selves. And Houston's got Tony Mathis. A year ago in this game, for instance, Tejon Henry, great running back, great to have him around uh, this year, but he was great last year, had 112 yards and a touchdown. And in between the A gaps, meaning between the uh, butt of the left guard and the butt of the right guard, he had over five yards per carry. And actually on the left side of the offensive line, he had nearly 100 yards there alone. Um, I think Tony Mathis could do a lot of the same work between those guards if they block down and kick out in those short kind of pulls and get those defensive linemen out of there, moving guys around. It'll also, with those kickouts and trap plays, slow them down in pass rush because they don't know if they're getting let go on purpose or if they just beat their guy or whatever. Right? There's, there's an instinctive thing to come across unblocked. You've gotten ear hold once to slow your body down having those kinds of things that slow them down when they do win a pass rush because they practice too. Their defensive line is talented. They'll win a couple, right? But if you can slow them down, you can kind of negate those things. Um, and, and again, I, I do think that Houston will have success in running in the ball in its own right in this game if they try it, if they try to keep it between and do those kickout things. I'm getting in a long way to the real thing this opens up though is – play action passing i know i know i know early this week i said that that was not mm-hmm. the thing donovan smith did very well in fact of all the different types of pass plays houston ran last saturday that was his lowest completion percentage however that was week one a new offense week one against live bullets and i think as you continue to grow you can and develop over the course of the season you can anticipate those numbers getting better the real thing i think though is that much like we saw them fly out on stacy sneed and that screen pass i keep referencing last year to open up the scoring from Houston against Texas, they had over 200 yards through the air and all three of their passing touchdowns in play act, all three of their downfield passing touchdowns, should say that screen pass all um, three of their passing touchdowns were through the air on play action. Now they did that a number of different ways. They'd run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then pump and go. They've got a talented receiver room over there. Sure. But I think Houston does as well. So that's something we have in common. And, it looked like that it took the interior box out of the play. So obviously the defensive linemen don't have a whole lot to do with pass coverage. as have rushing the quarterback, right? But the linebackers have so many different responsibilities at Rice that it looks like they are flying to the run plays as, they pro- as they're told and coached. Like it seems like reckless abandon. And that opens up a lot of the middle over the top kind of stuff. The same concept that Houston ran to open the scoring against UTSA which is the little scoring there was, they ran with Joseph Manjack and what I keep calling a skinny post, but people correct me, it's more like a streak. I think that depends on what we call skinny, but you feel me on that. Um, they were a little bit of a play action op- to get him open because it pulled the safety down to run and to run support, and it went over the top of him and it won a one-on-one coverage with a nickel guy, and Joseph Manjack's a giant. Nichols will be hard. It'll be hard for Nichols to cover him. Texas ran the same thing. Skinny post with play action, and then on the other side, they had a flood concept or a leveled concept. Um, but they did that with great success just on the inverse side of the field, right? Um, and they did it a couple times for chunk plays in the middle of the field and then once for a touchdown. Uh, I think because they had so much success, sure, Rice will practice it, and they saw Houston run it last week as well. They watch film, so maybe they'll prove me wrong. But intuitively, we're only a week later. Um, Houston is bigger, stronger, faster at most positions. <laughs> I feel fairly confident in saying that those play action concepts should open the same types of one-on-one options um, like that skinny post or 
like that now route out of a uh, Matthew Golden where you just get the ball in space. It's one on one. It's a long run play, basically, right? Like those kinds of de- like we saw the Sam Brown deep ball last week, and while Sam Brown can probably run past any of those guys, I'd imagine there's more of a safety help aspect to the kind of even coverages two and four that you're seeing at a Rice. But if you can pull those safeties down into run support because they're replacing linebackers, the linebackers are coming up to fill the run, that you know, chain of events can open up one-on-one kind of options deeper down the field. I admit that if you were skittish about this because of Donovan Smith being better at other things, I totally get it. I do think, though, that at some point you need to have some things in your play on your play sheet, some things in your playbook for that week that take advantage of what Rice does poorly. And it seems like... Rice has trouble covering the play action because of how hard they sell on the run. The way to make them do that is to run the ball effectively. The way to run the ball effectively is to do it with these inside trap plays. So that's the reverse of the domino I've been trying to create here, right? I think that it's worth pointing out. And I think that, frankly, when we got Iman Yagavi as our offensive line coach, this was the kind of thing I saw Houston being able to do against a lot of teams. And I admit, UTSA is a very good football team. I'm not trying to say they're not but they are a very good group of five football team. They have 340-pound defensive tackles, right? Big 340-pound guys. Houston's going to play big 340-pound and 40-pound guys that are power five caliber guys as well over the course of the season. And they need to continue to show they're getting better at those down blocks and moving guys around in the gap scheme that Amon Yagavi wants to run, right? They got limited somewhat last week in running some zone kind of stuff, more traditional follow your train tracks uh, zone kind of stuff. But that was really because of how much trouble they had moving guys off the ball and the more traditional down block gap kind of stuff. The 340-pound guys really showed some problems for Houston. And as good as the defensive line at Rice is, they aren't the 340 guys. They got one guy listed at 330. He's listed as a backup as well. Um, the rest of their guys are much, much closer to, frankly, American Athletic Com- uh, Conference competition, right? And so with that said... I'm looking forward to seeing them run the ball better between the tackles using trap plays and then opening up the pass game through the play action. I think I've said that a thousand times. Can you tell I'm excited about it? Like, I'm excited. I want to see that happen. I want to see it be successful. I want to praise Iman Yagabi in the show on Monday. I, I want to be ready for that. Pause. If you made this far in the episode, before we go into the, se- into the third segment and before we talk a little bit, our buddies at game time and how to get you some tickets. What I do want to say is we're talking about doing a post game show. On Saturday, talking about it, we're talking about it. Let me know in the comments. Would you be down to boogie a little bit after the game? It is on NFL Network. All right. So before we go into the third segment and talk some about what Houston's defense needs to do, the one thing they need to do, we need to make sure we talk a little bit about GameTime.co because. The game is this Saturday, folks. It is just across town. There is rumor on the streets that Houston will be showing up riding in some traditional hip-hop from the 2000s slabs, right? I'm excited about that. But if you're looking for tickets to follow them into the stadium or if you're looking for tickets to get to the game because you're trying to buy into the hype and you are just now finding out you're free on Saturday night, Make sure you go to Game Time because Game Time is the place for last-minute tickets. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day and moment of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee 
means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets from in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's, your, it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country, so make sure you go to their website and get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to go through your email. Make sure you snag the tickets without the stress at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. That's creating an account and redeem the code Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. I said the third segment is going to be about something I think the Houston Cougar defense has to do against the Rice Owls. And what's funny is I think it's something that they actually did fairly well last season, right? So I don't think it's at their own possibility that this is an area of the football that Houston does dominate like they should. But I think they've got to get after JT Daniels. Now, JT Daniels is a very experienced quarterback. Um, he's the first quarterback in college football history to start at start a game at four different schools. I remember from USC, I think it was like 2017-18, and then was it Georgia 19-20? No, I'm off by year. 18-19 at USC, uh, 2021 at Georgia, uh, 22 he spent at West Virginia, and now he's at Rice, right? Been around a little bit. But he's not the most fleet of foot. As smart as he is, as much as he's been around, he's not the most fleet of foot. And he was under a lot of pressure last week. And frankly, as good as the Rice defense looked at times, the offense left a lot on the table. They 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 did not do handle the pressure very well. Um, they They... Texas pressured Rice seven times. They had three sacks, two hits, and two other hurries. Um, and those seven pressures alone seemed to kind of get to his head because two of the sacks were very early. And it just seemed like he was kind of like seeing ghosts and demons the rest of the game. The same defensive line pressure, Fortsworth also held Rice to just 27 rushing yards. Um, the defensive tackles seemed to do a lot of the slowing down the rushing while the ends and outside linebackers, things like that got after the quarterback a little bit Um, worth pointing out because I thought rice ran the ball fairly effectively against Houston last year. They don't have the same running backs games. It's not quite the same guys. And um, they had, was it had 92 yards and two touchdowns last season. Um, But they're different running backs this year. I think in their career, they're both looking at like, less than a hundred yards. Like it's not, it's not big time guys. They had a uh, 20, yeah, 20 yards last week, which doesn't feel right, but that is just how low it was. Um, JT Daniels will turn the ball over. So if you can take away the rush and make it one dimensional, no little pass is coming. He has 27 interceptions in 33 career games. And that's about not quite, but about an interception per game. Um, I think that works in Houston's favor. So if you can take away the run, get after the quarterback, you make them one-dimensional, and hopefully it gives you the football, gives you next possession. Now, we do remember last year, the pass rush obviously was effective throughout the game, but it's like what we remember from this game because the sack at the end led to a Nelson Caesar fumble recovery for a touchdown. Next possession, Rice has the ball back, and you have a quarterback hurry, a hit, that leads to an interception by Thaba Waniki that essentially sealed the game up. I guess technically, Rice to get the ball back, and take one big heave, and it was about 10 yards short of the end zone, right? A um, little scary there with the ball's in the air for a minute. I'll admit. <laughs> I'll admit that, right? Um, but we think of the defense line's great pressure last year. 
over the course of the game actually was more of a roller coaster. Um, but if we can get that consistently this Saturday, I think they'll be all right because JT Daniels again, does turn the ball over and that will work in Houston's favor. The other part of this too, is that they very clearly have one target there and uh, they really have one very serious target there. And Luke McCaffrey, same Luke McCaffrey that was there a year ago. Um, last time we talked, as we just talked, the show started just after that game a year ago, right? Yeah. So, um, and so if you think about like how Houston matched up with him, doubled him up, Alex Hogan did a decent job with him a year ago. I wonder if Malik Fleming, after having the stellar week he had last week, gets more of the nod as a, if someone's going to track him from one side to the other. Um, in the depth chart this week, they had flip-flopped and had Malik Fleming back in the nickel. To be fair, though, it seemed like to me um, he played a lot more in the nickel in the UTSA game than he was initially going to or than it initially looked like he was going to. So that might be just kind of an effect of what happened, but it could also be lining him up more on Luke. I can't want to say Christian, on Luke McCaffrey. Now, I say that to say that those are different ways that Houston can slow Rice down. But the way to slow them down is to take the ball away, whether it's you know creating third and longs and getting off the field, creating turnovers, et cetera. Um, Rice is going to try to pace this football game, right? Much like a year ago when they slowed things down, um, they kept it kind of slow and ugly and like kind of put you to sleep a little bit. That's what their offense is going to try to do. But if you can get after the quarterback early, if you can get them in trouble, if you get them in second and third and long situations, um, you you know whether that's holding calls because you're rushing so hard, you know deflections, hits, etc. On the quarterback, obviously are better. Um, those are all things that Houston kind of, if they if they want to win this football game running away, like I think they ought to. Those are things they got to do. Now I will say, and and I'll wrap here. I think I've said that like five times this episode. I will say, I will say, I will say. <laughs> I want to say it again. I will say. Um, the Houston Cougars are playing a team that is not as good as UTSA was, right? Um, UTSA may very well win the American Athletic Conference this season, right? They won the Conference USA twice in a row, and Rice making the same jump from Conference USA to the American, right? So they're tracking together, and UTSA has been demonstrably better for two seasons, right? Um, so theoretically, the transit property, if this, then that kind of stuff, they should be fine. However... As I look at it, Rice kind of has a little bit more juice in this one than I think we give them credit for. This game sometimes feels like, as they're the frequent underdog, they haven't won this game since 2010, that this might mean more to them. There'll be more juice in the system. It's a home game for them, uh, the first home game for them. And I'll leave it on this. When you're a school like Rice and you open up with Texas and you play a school like Houston the second week in a rivalry game, they have no shot against school like Texas. There will be stuff this week they play, they show against Houston that they didn't show last week against. There will be formations, alignments, players in certain spots that they show against Houston to try and win that rivalry game that they did not even put on the call sheet to run against Texas because, truthfully, they knew that that was a tune up in a weird way, because they weren't going to win that game. So you're not going to put stuff on film. It's early enough in the season that you can get away with that kind of mentality, and they're going to be ready to play Houston and do something a little bit funky. Whether it's reverses, double passes, does Luke McCown, does Luke McCown, does Luke McCaffrey 
wheel back and throw a pass. I think Luke McCallum, like a quarterback, that's something, right? Something funky could happen. We shall see. If you've got predictions on what the funk is, or you want to talk about potentially having a post game show on Saturday, tell me in the comments down below or find me on any social media service at Painsworth. 512 P A I N S W O R T H 512 on Twitter, Instagram, and all of your favorite social media handles. Um, Blue Sky threads, whatever you got, I'm on those at Painsworth 512. Thank you all so much for tuning in the show today and making us your first listen on a Friday, getting ready for game number two this weekend. It's an exciting time to be a Houston Cougar. Uh, if you're looking for a second listen today and just can't get enough about college football, Locked on Big 12 is previewing the weekend calling upsets, predicting this, predicting that, and having a fun time doing it. So make sure you go check out Drake Toll and Locked On Big 12. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Locked On Cougs. It's a primary Locked On Podcast Network, and that means your team every day. Go Cougs. I almost did the button. That was bad. Hit the button.